0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Weems Podcast. We're so glad to have you listening in today. Before Carrie joins us in today's episode, we want to remind you that the best way to keep up with all the latest content being released by Carrie is to follow her on social media. She's on Instagram and Twitter, so follow her at Carrie Weems, and you can also find her on Facebook as well. And even comment to let us know how much you're enjoying the podcast and the teaching that Carrie has been bringing to all of us. And don't forget, you can always visit CarrieWeems.com to learn more about her and to see a full list of the books, curriculums, and resources that she has recently released. Thanks again for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy today's podcast.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Carrie Weems podcast. Um, If you were with us last week, we talked about So You Want to Write a Book. We finished up that series with part four. So if you haven't listened to that and you're interested in writing a book, I would highly recommend going and listening to that podcast. And before we push forward, I wanted to let you know that I'm really excited. I have a new book coming out. It's a short little book. It's the 30-day devotional that goes with my book, Clueless, 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before I Became a Mom. And um, I know moms can use all the encouragement that they can possibly get. And I just... I'm so pumped about taking sort of the core concepts of this book and putting devotional content around them. And that's going to be available on Mother's Day and you can get it at my website and both, uh, a hard copy of a, a paperback form in a um ebook format. So, um go to CarrieWeems.com Mother's Day or later and you can get the clueless 30-day devotional. I think you'll really be encouraged by it and get it for somebody you know, especially if it's maybe their first Mother's Day as a mom. They'll really appreciate it. So, um this week we're going to be talking about self-actualization. We're finishing up the self-perception realm of the inte- uh, emotional intelligence Series. And um, boy, we've talked about a lot of things self regard, emotional self expression, emotional self awareness. And we're finishing it up today with self actualization. And just to help you take this further and get some traction on it, I have taken um, a worksheet out of a book called The EQ Edge. And it's by Dr. Stephen Stein and Dr. Howard E. Book. And it's sort of the Bible of emotional intelligence, if you will. And I I took one of their worksheets and just typed it up and made it available for you. in uh on my website and you can go there and download it if this is something that strikes a chord with you and you want to dig more into it and get some more traction in this uh area you can download this little simple worksheet and you can choose some of the exercises to do and hopefully it'll help you grow in this area if you think that's a way that you need to move forward in life so I'm super happy to have again with me Clay Baird he's with me to help me kind of pull out some of the great stuff I've been learning about this topic. Clay, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Thank
0: you so much. I'm excited that I'm becoming a semi-regular here on the Carrie Wims podcast, and so I love it.
1: Yeah, I love you. I love uh, you interviewing me so that I'm not like sitting up here just dispensing <laughs> my wisdom to everybody. It makes it a lot less awkward for me, but Clay as is, um, is on our global content team. He's a communicator and a pastor at Celebration Church and uh, an incredible, uh, incredible communicator and speaker, but just... Um, a great leader as well, and is so key in helping me pull all this together and actually making my pack- podcast launch and go. So yeah. thank you for that, too.
0: I love doing it. Thank you.
1: So we're going to talk about, um, about ah, uh, okay, I was supposed to have like a little icebreaker question, and I did not prepare you for this. <laughs> but I do have a question, actually, because we're talking about Clueless. If you could name one thing that you wish you knew about being a dad before you became a dad, what would it be?
0: Oh my gosh! I would say, um, man, that's a tough. I'm being put on the spot right now. I know you, you don't know? like that. Like, uh, I would just say, I, I think that realizing how formidable the early years are. I have, so I have a young boy. He's four years old. Mm-hmm. His name's Jude. And uh, Judy
1: Bears, so yeah, precious. <laughs> Jude, love we call him. him the Grizz. He's yes. just got a
0: big old belly. He's just a <laughs> he's just one of those little chunky round kids. I just love him. And so. Um, uh but anyways just really i guess as a dad realizing you know that man those those early years i think oftentimes you just think oh once they get old enough to you know he's seven and eight and he's playing sports that's when i really come in and that's like my mm-hmm. time but really it's it's much earlier than that <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the years and, and he's such a sponge right now at four mm-hmm. and he's learning things and so i didn't know that beforehand but now i obviously am in the middle of it and i'm like wow these are really formidable years i i need to be very present. These are, these are years that ultimately are shaping his manhood. And, uh, and, and so uh, even in, you know, he's two, he's three, he's four, but they're very important years. It's hard to see that in that
1: tiny little body, but everything you're doing is constructing a schema of what it means to be a man in this world. Yeah. You're right. I love that. That's so. That's so good. I'll so put, it's
0: not like yeah. It's not like mom. Mom's years are the early years, and then dad steps in around you know like early <laughs> elementary school. Yeah. No, it's 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 way it's earlier than that. from the beginning.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll put that one in my pocket, and maybe we'll do yeah. a Clueless for dads or something like that, because I think dads could use some insight to anything. Yes, because
0: we're all very clueless in a lot of areas, the dads. We need help, too. Write a book for us, Carrie. Write a book for us. (laughs) Yes,
1: I'll write a book about what I wish you knew about being a dad before you became a dad. Yes. (laughs) I'll try to be totally prophetic. Um, All right, so we're going to talk about...
0: Self-actualization. Yeah. EQI. So, hey, if you have been uh, following along on the Carrie Williams podcast, um, Carrie did a series of EQI podcasts around the whole topic of emotional intelligence uh, a few months ago. Go back, listen. They're all archived right there on the podcast. I'm sure you can see them if you got your iTunes or whatever you got opened up right now. And so a lot of great content. There were some other guests that she had on the podcast that shared um, some really important things. People who have been uh, in areas of leadership for a lot of years have seen and worked with a lot of uh, individuals on staffs Mm -hmm. at churches and all kind of things. Um, There was a licensed psychologist that Mm -hmm. was with you. Anyways, a lot of great material. We're continuing in the EQI series today on self Actualization, and so we're going to jump right in. So, Carrie, um, just straight off the bat, for the listeners out there who are like, "I have no idea what you even mean <laughs> when we say self-actualization." How would you define that?
1: Yeah, this one was tough because when I was studying it, like, there's so many definitions of self-actualization. It was—it seems to be a such a broad a broad aspect of humanity that it's almost difficult to put words around it, but I'm just going to read actually the definition from the book, the EQ edge, because it was the best that I found and it's in the book that I'm using. So, you know, it's probably good to use it, but it says self actualization is the ability to realize your potential capacities. This component of emotional intelligence is manifested by your becoming fully involved in pursuits that lead to a meaningful, rich and full life. Striving to actualize your potential involves developing enjoyable and meaningful activities and can mean a lifelong effort and enthusiastic commitment to long-term goals. Self-actualization is an ongoing dynamic process of striving toward the maximum development of your abilities and talents of persistently trying to do your best and improve yourself in general. Excitement about your interests, energies... And motivate excitement about your interests energizes and motivates you to continue with these interests. Self-actualization is affiliated with feelings of self-satisfaction. Individuals with healthy self-actualization are pleased with their place on life's highway with respect to personal, occupational, and financial destinations. Wow, a very long. I feel like it's just kind of overall. Like I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what my potential is. I feel a sense of um, agency or power to make. Steps toward fulfilling that potential. Um, I feel kind of like I, you know, I'm not totally in control of every aspect of my life, but I do. My choices make an impact on right. how my life turns out. Um, and uh, I don't feel. I think a lot of it is like I don't feel victimized or controlled by somebody else. I feel like I have the ability and the power, the agency to meet my goals. And but I'm also enjoying the journey. I'm not so caught up with goals that I'm not enjoying where I am right now. Yeah. So I, that's kind of how I would summarize it. Um, but I okay. think that's a really big definition. <laughs>
0: do you think that, uh, do you think the majority of, we'll just stay in America right mm-hmm. now. Do you think the majority of Americans are, are missing it when it comes to self actualization? I mean, I, I know you probably mm-hmm. are well-read on the topic. <laughs> I don't know what the, the other scholars are saying, yeah. but do you think, uh, a, a large part of society is, is not getting it <laughs>
1: You know, it's interesting because the idea of self-actualization is actually based on a theory by a psychologist named Abraham Maslow. And he has this thing called um, a theory of, it's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And it basically says that, we have basic needs in life, and until our basic needs are met, we can't ascend to higher levels of fulfillment. Wow. And so like it, it's, there are five needs, realms of needs, and one is psychological needs. I mean physiological needs, which is like basic air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, sex, and then safety needs, you need personal security, um, employment, resources, health care. you need you know some kind of safe home to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, then you need love and belonging. Uh, That's basically friendship, intimacy, family, connection with other humans. You need, a uh, like, esteem, self-esteem, which is not just self-esteem, but you need to know that you are respected by other people. So respect, self-regard, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. And then at the very top of this pyramid of needs is self-actualization, which uh, Maslow theorized to be the highest, like, the pinnacle of like when you are fully developed as a human, you have attained self-actualization or you're operating in that top of the pyramid, top of the triangle. And this is basically the desire to become the most that one can be. But it's impossible, according to his theory, that anybody can attain that if their underlying basic needs are not met. So um, in a weird way, yes, I think Americans are kind of obsessed with the idea of self-actualization because we're a highly individualistic society.
0: Definitely. You know, you've
1: got people they are trying to make their mark on the world. This is my way. This is how I like to do it to find their uniqueness. But... (laughs) I think now more than ever, because of the way technology gives everybody a platform and I think sort of the expectations to make your mark on life. You know, I've read something the other day that said everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change the toilet paper roll. (laughs) I'm like, yes, that is so true. You know, like that is my ministry in life when I get to heaven. One of my rewards will be for literally changing toilet paper rolls in every restroom on the planet. I could be on the other side of the world. I won't end up changing a toilet paper roll. (laughs) I don't know. But um, I think in a weird way, Now, what we have is people trying to attain this self-actualization, but a lot of these underlying needs are not met. It's almost like they skip, you know, they get one and two done, and then they skip, like they get their physiological needs met, maybe their safety needs, and then they skip over love and belonging and esteem and go straight to self-actualization. Okay. So what you end up having is sort of a a little bit of an emptiness, you know? Right. Right.
0: So, so that would be a symptom of of w- when when the when the triangle as Maslow mm-hmm. ha- has so eloquently shaped <laughs> it for us, yeah. Like w- when it's mixed up, some of the symptoms would be. What do you think?
1: I think people that um, that have uh, they're creating, they have a sense of what they uh, of their way of doing things, okay. but they actually don't know how to connect to people, if that makes sense. So okay. there's a sense of that being a leader is about, how can I put this? You've got people that they want to talk about leadership. They want to be leaders, but they're actually not leading anybody. They just want to talk about leading people. So we have a plethora of books and so many resources around leadership today and, you know, systematizing leadership. And these are the eight qualities of a transparent leader and this mm-hmm. kind of leader. And even people brand their kind of leadership, a creative leader, a <laughs> You know, a servant leader. Or this, like, there's all sorts of theories of leadership, but at the end of the day, leadership is about connecting to people and inspiring them to to move toward a shared purpose. Right. And because I think a lot of people have missed this love and belonging, you know, that's going to be something that's established in family, community, church. They they're missing this, yeah. right? And then their self, their esteem, is. They might have self-esteem, but they don't maybe have a sense of, um, you know, connecting with other people and conferring that. They don't have these these issues, what I would say significance issues, belonging and significance issues worked out. They put all their eggs in the basket of self-actualization. Got I've it. got to become this image, like I'm creating my image, Yeah, and if that does not work out... It's like a personal brand, but without the substance behind it. And so it's just so easily, it's so easy to crumble that.
0: That that, That's so true. I mean, when you say it like that, a personal brand without substance behind it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, unless you've been living under a rock, Mm -hmm. you know, here as of recent in our generation. I mean, that's, isn't everyone trying to create their brand? That's what social media, literally Mm -hmm. people even have branding, actual branding and icons to, for whatever they're trying to do. Yeah. But you're right, some lack some genuine substance.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because I look at that and I'm like, you know, in a sad way, it's almost made human beings um products to consume. Yeah. Like you see, and I'm not please understand I'm not saying like this is dumb or you shouldn't do that, but it's almost a necessity now that people, like, Okay, I'm gonna get my kids Twitter handle with their name. I'm gonna get a web like <laughs> you're gonna go buy all their media things right. so that when they get older and if they want to do that they they own their own name i mean we're commodifying human beings yeah and the pressure is real it's not some kind of narcissistic overblown i just want to be famous it's because when this self-esteem when this esteem component and i mean not self-esteem in the sense of i'm so great because there are a lot of times people that don't have true self-regard and by self-regard if you go back and listen to that podcast um yeah it's a sense of accepting myself as i really am which means the acknowledge the ability to acknowledge our faults and still love ourselves and respect ourselves and when we don't have that real self-regard real esteem of ourselves we actually can't esteem others because I've noticed that the things that so I true. judge myself the most harshly for I judge other people the most harshly for only I'm not aware I'm judging myself for it yeah so if you want to know how you're judging yourself look at the things that tick you off about other people
0: <laughs> and yeah. you'll
1: notice quickly that when you do those things, those are the things that you judge yourself for. It, those put yokes on you. So I used to, if you've ever read my book, Rhythms of Grace, I talk a lot about performance. Right. Like I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it right the first time. And it would just drive me. Cr- and inner, inner, in an inner way, like I would be like, oh, it would aggravate me so bad when people would just not do things right or right. When they wouldn't meet deadlines. And I w- didn't want to say I was judging them, but I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it aggravates me. <laughs> yeah. But in truth, I was placing judgment on them. Some kind of judgment. They're not capable. They don't care. It was. I was. Assert, I was um, was assigning motive. Okay. Or assigning a value, right. basically. And when I started crumbling under the own weight of the, the weight of my own life, one of the biggest things that I uncovered in myself is I judged myself for my performance very harshly, to the point that it caused shame in me if I did not perform perfectly. And lo and behold, the whole time, the thing that I've been judging other people for, I was also judging myself for. And this puts a whole new spin on judge not, (laughs) that you be not judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will also be judged. Yes. And that was a very real and, wow, if I, when I quit judging myself for... Not performing perfectly every time, I realized it was uh, compassion, grace, mercy toward others. Was it? I didn't have to work at it. Wow! It flowed out of my judgment on myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? That
0: absolutely makes sense. <laughs> I'm like, I'm totally resonating with that because I've done the exact same yeah. thing. I think the OCD part of me yeah. and you know the the certainly the perfection. I think, that's what I say like, uh, I
1: feel like I connected with you over perfectionism right yes, off the bat. I, yeah, too.
0: I latched into that where I know what it's like. And so, uh, in fact, even last night, I'm like hanging a light fixture in our house, and I it's not totally as flush as I want it to be, and it's um. bothering me. Even as we <laughs> sit here right now, I gotta go fix it, it tonight. You're like, oh. So, but um so hey let's talk about this let's talk about um some characteristics you know before even we came onto the podcast we were thinking about some things uh what are some characteristics of people that actually have a high level of self-actualization so maybe we've already talked about Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't have great self-actualization and how they might be feeling or acting Mm -hmm. but what do people act like who seem to have some of this under control
1: yeah that's really good so um one of the things that they have is their the ability to feel like if they to, to have vision okay. for something and to follow that vision or to have an idea and, and to enact that idea and to withstand um, I would say negative uh, negative or less than positive feedback or comments from other people. So um, one of the things I've noticed in particular as I've done emotional intelligence assessments um, is that women tend to have a high level of self actualization but a low level of self regard. Which is interesting. So um, basically, that is you have a very strong idea of what you could be capable of, right? And you have, but you have a low level of self acceptance where you will not tolerate failure in yourself. Okay. So in order to reach your goals, you have to let yourself fail, and if if you fear failing, you won't let yourself try, and so you are always frustrated of what about what you, boy. If I had this, if I had that, you know, I I what I could be doing. Uh huh. Um. Because you can never do it, and you think it's because you don't have resources, but at the end of the day, it's probably really related to the idea that you won't accept yourself if you fail. Mm. So I would say people that have this in order, they usually have, um, there's certain, I think it's like you could have self-actualization, but it's two parts. Self-actualization consists of the the idea of what you could do and what you can be and a clear vision for what you would like to do. But it also consists of the ability to move toward that goal and to enjoy the process of attaining that goal. And being content in your life and the gap between self-regard and self-actualization in the emotional t- intelligence assessment in particular is usually the a reflection of the degree of frustration of the person. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. So if, um, I, if you were to look at myself uh, if, at my assessment for emotional intelligence, um, My self actualization was very, very, very high. I'm like I'm capable of a lot, but my self regard was really low. Like the gap was really, really big, over forty points, which is like kind of a measure of like, whoa, this is something you need to work on. Okay. So you would think, okay, to fix my self actualization, like to work on that, I actually need to work on self actualization. But for me, that was the opposite. I actually needed to work on self regard. Got it. And so. Um, people who are have this in control or have this working for them usually it's the hidden it's the hidden value of self-regard that is that is in balance with the self-actualization so i have a vision of my future and yep. who i want to be and i also have the emotional spiritual psychological resources to pursue that because i have resilience i can deal with failure And it's not going to totally annihilate me just because I didn't meet my goals. Do you see what I'm saying? And you have to build. There are ways that you can build that resilience. And um, I talked a little bit about that in that podcast. Yeah,
0: great. I've heard you say um, one time before around self-actualization that a a person who is doing that well, uh, that they do what they love and they love what they do. Yeah. Talk about about that kind of person because that – that goes into our career choices Absolutely, that goes into where we work and how maybe how long we work there all all kind of stuff and I mean I'm sure there's listeners right now who are (laughs) probably thinking like if I could choose another job tomorrow I would and and self-actualization actually plays into some of those things
1: yeah that is that's such a good point you know um we spend so much of our lives at work yeah like a lot of our lives are at work and and you know the longer the more technology develops the more i think blended those two spheres of life will be and the more difficult it will be to separate them it's going to have to be an act of real intentionality but um if you love what you do that is going to make your life so much easier so i think it used to be that people like a long time ago people would choose a career sort of based on either what their father did yep, right yep. or beyond that they might choose something that would make them a lot of money so they yeah. could be financially secure. But then that's the typical, like, you know, you see the guy, like, he's rich, but he's unfulfilled, and he, like, sells everything and goes and buys a boat and, is, you know, fishing guide or <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, but to, to when you have high self-actualization, you know how to resonate with things that bring you joy. Okay. That comes from having a strong sense of self. So if you don't have a fully developed sense of self, if you ever ask someone, like, what really makes you happy? if you don't have a strongly developed identity or sense of self, it's gonna be hard for you to answer that question because likely you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about what makes you happy. You've spent a lot of time thinking about how you are making other people happy. Yeah. Am I getting approval from other people? And so if you were to answer honestly, well, what makes me happy is getting approval from other people. That's not <laughs> <laughs> it's for other people to think I'm a good person and I'm doing well and I've succeeded. Yeah. So that's not a mature response to that question you have to sort of take this slow and you have to engage and i would say the way i built this in myself was i started engaging in lots of um different kinds of activities and i started to i stopped i would stop and notice like does this i say resonate within me and mm-hmm. the best way i can explain it was like i would do it and there would be like an echo of joy inside in yeah. my soul and my spirit and i was like this is something that i can build on um so one of the interesting things i don't know if Dr. Clow was here at Celebration Church this past weekend. Um, I know that he's recorded that session. It's going to be available with his book, uh, his re release of um, Changes That Heal. But he talked about something really important. He said, when we don't, uh, when, for whatever reason, people are not allowed to fully develop as full people in their family of origin, you've got some kind of family situation. It might not be abusive, it might be unintentional, whatever. But for some reason, you're not available. You're not allowed, I'm sorry, to individuate, to become a separate person from your parents and pursue your life outside of your family home. Create your own identity. When you do that, you feel like a kid. You leave the house, but you feel like a kid in a grown-up world. Yep. You don't feel like you deserve, you should be sitting in the, like you should still be sitting at the kid's table for Thanksgiving. You don't belong with the grown-ups, right? And so that is linked to depression when that is chronic he said, he, he said that those that is linked with depression and anxiety because you're out in a world, essentially, that you do not feel like you belong in. This is the adult world. Yep. I still feel like a kid on the inside. You wouldn't say that, but that fear, that anxiety, maybe I don't know if I have what it takes. It's just it's not even that cognizant. You just know that when you get in certain situations, they make you feel okay. inferior. Yeah. And it really has to do with you have not been able to grow up and be an adult. And he gave some pretty funny examples of that. But what I would say, and I, you know, and I know I have men and women that listen to this, is if you look at the history of women and throughout the entire world, women are very seldom allowed to individuate fully in their homes. So if you think about it, you know, from ancient times all the way really until probably the 60s, 70s, and to some extent today, much, much less, but to a greater degree than I think boys, if this happens to boys, right. women are passed from... They were passed from, um, in the not-so-recent past, they were passed from the authority of their father to the authority of their husband. Yep. And there was not a space in there for them to become their own people. And if you look at the idea that depression is significantly higher amongst women mm-hmm. than it is in men, and so is anxiety, mm-hmm. and you also look, to me, if you look at the results of the EQI assessment, just a quick observation, that women typically have lower self-regard, out of balance with their self-actualization, they have a vision that they don't feel powerful enough to pursue. Right. I think that is a symptom. I think that is indicative. This is just me. No, I'm just putting patterns together that I see. So yeah, I could yeah. totally be wrong. Um, if I have a psychology student out there that needs to write a thesis, this would be a really good <laughs> thing for you to do for your master's degree. Um, the 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 gap, the the connection between women not being able to fully individuate as fully developed persons right, and con- that connection to low self-esteem to depression and to anxiety. So I'm speaking specifically to women because historically we've been sort of passed from one authority to the next where our sons are kind of encouraged, like, go out, make your mark, you know? And certainly it's not exclusive to women. You know, there are exceptions, but um, I think that's a really important, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I answered the question because That's good. I went off on a topic, I think. Do you,
0: let me let me throw a question out there for you. Uh so uh, you and Stovall uh obviously lead pastoring now mm-hmm. here uh twenty years yep. in Jacksonville, uh, over twenty years now. And uh can you think of times twenty years ago Carrie Weems twenty mm-hmm. years ago to Carrie Weems now. Do you feel like there was seasons um I, I I'm sure in in that time frame where you feel like I I was because when you talked about joy yeah about uh, about how <clears throat> asking yourself the genuine question what actually brings me joy yeah um do you feel like you have discovered more of 20 years of you and Stovall going at ministry yeah now I'm sitting in a place where I feel like I genuinely know I enjoy this I did not enjoy <laughs> yes. that season of of doing whatever it was
1: yes absolutely that's such a great question because I now feel like really in the last honestly probably three years yeah and that's and here I am I'm 49 like I'm so at 46, I finally gave myself permission. That's good. To go, okay, it's okay for you to f- seek what makes you happy. Because, yeah. on top of just, you know, being a woman and sort of <clears throat> being conditioned almost, and it's a good thing. Like, biologically, our bodies tell us you're going to, your life is going to be invaded by a human being, <laughs> yeah. and your personal space is going to experience the ultimate encroachment by an yeah. actual person living within you. Yeah. Like, Whoa, you can't get like we are designed to tolerate that to an extent because biologically, and this is gonna like trigger some people out there that don't wanna acknowledge that biological differences have impact on our psychological differences and needs, but we you can't deny it. Like it's silly to try to work against it. But yep. um I think biologically we are conditioned to lean toward, right? Yeah. And even then culturally we, that's compounded. So and then on top of that, Christianity the, the servanthood ethic of uh-huh. Christianity, dying to yourself, even compounds that. So we don't want to take away the servanthood ethic of Christianity. But um, with all of that combined, and then if you have a person who's naturally like, I'm pretty, I don't know if this might surprise people or not, but I'm usually pretty easygoing. Like, I don't have to have it my way. I'm happy to go along with the game. I mean, there are yeah. very few things that are important enough to me to fight for. Right. If they are important enough, I will. I'm not afraid. But for the most part, I'm like, I don't have a you know, I don't have to have it my way. Um, When you take all that together, basically, when something starts to feel uncomfortable or unpleasant to you, it's hard to sort out, okay, is this me dying to my, f- is this because my flesh is rising up? Is this because I don't want to submit to my husband? Mm-hmm. Is this because I shouldn't be doing this? Is it the wrong career fit? Is this because I need to grow in this area? What is, What is causing this? Yeah. And more likely than not, and I can speak for myself, more often than not, almost exclusively, I would, put that on one of like, okay, I just need to die to my flesh. Okay. I just need to be more submissive. Okay. I just shouldn't be so selfish. I never would gave myself permission to say, this is just not really a good fit for me. I should do something else. It's just not
0: my lane. This
1: is not my lane. I would never give myself permission to say that. And I won't say that the outcomes of all of that were completely bad. It caused me to grow in ways that I wouldn't have grown if I didn't stick it out in certain uncomfortable situations. However, at some point you have to go, this is just not who I am. I am living so far outside of who I am really created to be that it is causing me undue stress. So, like introversion, yep. man, introversion is a real thing for me. Um, I might do a whole podcast on introversion because <laughs> <laughs> um, we're having a, introverts are having a moment right now, but they um, are. it can also become quite, you know, intro, introversion or extroversion is actually a measurement on the scale of the big five psychological characteristics that determine. Psychological stability. Wow. And too much introversion is actually a sign that something's not healthy about you. Okay. Um, it can be a sign of like psych- whatever. I don't know what they call it. They used to say neuroses back in the day, but it basically means that you have a you have a health gap that you need to address. And so when you become start to become overly indulgent of your um, introversion, and you won't force yourself outside of your comfort zone, that's actually an indication that something's not healthy. You need to figure out what that is. Um, but there. But at the end of the day. I can flex outside of my preference. I can push myself. But there becomes a point where it's not pushing yourself. It's just I'm trying to be somebody I'm not. And this is a yoke that I'm not created to bear. And it's never going to be free for me. Like This will never feel good to me. And when I allow myself to accept that, like I'm never going to be the person that feels good going into the lobby and just standing out there and talking to people. Not because I don't like people. It's actually so overwhelming to me to have multiple people coming up to talk to me at once because the way I like to relate to people is one-on-one. Yeah. I like to relate deeply to people, and I like to get there quickly, and I don't do well with short, shallow conversations. Um, and I have learned skills that make that more um, less, less overwhelming to me, but as a general rule, it takes so much energy out of me yeah. that it's not worth it for me to do that. And then have to sleep in like the, sleep the rest of the day and also recover half a day Monday yep. just so that I can go in the lobby and talk to people well, and I used to like true. it used to really I used to suffer with a lot of self-condemnation over that because I'm like if I was really called to be a pastor then this wouldn't be a deal for me right I can't understand I don't, you know I can't explain why God picked me and put the, me in this position and he also created me an introvert and knew that I would be overwhelmed by that but it is what it is yep not everybody can write. Not everybody can do a podcast. So yep. I have to look at my strengths and go, this really gives me joy. Yeah. But you have to allow yourself to say, this doesn't give me joy. Now what gives me joy? Right. right. That, does that make sense? No, it
0: totally makes sense. I mean, I think everyone <laughs> listening right now can understand, like, you know, first of all, obviously just giving yourself permission. I mean, what, uh, what a tool that is, you know, just uh, to find your lane and realize. Doesn't mean, just like you're saying, doesn't mean I don't flex outside mm-hmm. of what I would prefer every now yeah. and then. But I have enough uh, wherewithal to know this is my lane. Yeah. I-, I was even sharing the other day, um, The only sometimes when, when you try to be someone you're not, you try to do things that you're really not gifted to do, it's really mm-hmm. not your lane. Oftentimes when you do that, you always feel like you're in last place because you wow. compare yourself with others, and that yeah. is their lane. And you feel like, oh my gosh, they're so far ahead of me. I can't catch up. Yeah. They're just, why am I not as good as them? They're whatever that, that thing about them is growing and I'm not growing. I feel stuck. And I, I was just reminded of like the Hebrew scripture when it talks about let us persevere in the race marked yeah. out for us. And the only way you ever feel like you're in last place is when you try to persevere in someone else's race. Yeah, But exactly. if you just realize, man, this is my lane. I'm comfortable with my lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my
1: pace in that lane. Yes. You know, some people might be sprinters. You might be a distance runner. Yes. And you're, maybe your lane is the same, so to speak, but the pace that you progress in that lane, you're yes. cut out for a certain pace and they're cut out for a certain yes. pace. And all that means is you're going to be running with different kinds of people. Yes. You know, some people, you're going to be running with the distance runners and they're going to be running with the sprinters and that's okay.
0: Yes. I think even, I think <laughs> even just thinking of, of you and Stovall, how, oh. how Pastor Stovall is, I mean, he's, he's definitely a sprinter. He is a sprinter, isn't he? He can, yeah. and he'll just, man, he'll hop on planes and he'll go around the world in a week and he'll preach 12 times. Yeah. and. And it fires them up, and but you know, even me thinking about that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I would be exhausted. I, I don't think I could physically do it.
1: Oh, it's so exhausting. Like I always feel like <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to get there. He he can walk off the plane and like go preach, and I'm like, no, I need to get there a day early. Yeah, you gotta... unpack my suitcase, make sure I have all my toiletries, arrange it. <laughs> like I need to be in a set environment, then I can go from that environment into where I'm going. But it's just how I'm, I need a transition time yes. to enter into stuff like that. And I used to think oh, I'm mess- maybe I'm not cut out for this, but just because you do it differently doesn't yep. mean you're not called to it. It's just you have to know who you are and accept and love and respect the creation that you are because you are created how you are for a reason.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Self-actualization. It's self-aware individuals as well. Mm -hmm. And so a couple more things before we close up Mm -hmm. today, we talked about, uh, before we came on about how self, people with self-actualization, they have diverse interests.
1: Yes. Diverse interests. So, and I would just say that that's kind of, you know, try some new things out. If you don't have any hobbies, you know, hobbies are not waste. If your only hobby is Pinterest, then that's really not a hobby. <laughs> you need to do something that does not involve a screen. So I took up gardening. That was a thing that I okay. uh, really loved I'm about to plant my spring garden right now. Super excited going to be planting that this week and you know it's just something to uh, try something new that you don't think you can do. Like I have it in one of my one of my goals in the next few years is to learn how to dance. I'm so clumsy. You can never imagine <laughs> me dancing and I will probably like rent a whole studio out just for me cuz I'm embarrassed. Oh my god. But honestly like I need to learn how to move my body. Like I want to learn a different way to be and how to like, I just need to learn how to do it. I, you try different things and you'll be surprised yeah. at what you can do. And then that also helps to build that self-regard when you experience um, success, even a you know, I, okay, I, it wasn't great. I'm not ever going to be a great dancer, but I learned how to do the tango. Yeah. That's still cool, you know? Yeah. And um, that builds your self-regard, your self-confidence, and that builds your resilience.
0: Yes. We talked about uh, living life to the fullest. I'm, yep. I'm looking at some of the things we've written down and talked about in the past. Living life to the fullest, about looking for opportunities to grow. You, you mm-hmm. just spoke to that. Living yep. uh, with authenticity. Yep. Um talk talk about this uh real quick. Talk about how do we strike a balance between work and like the rest of our lives? Yeah. And and maybe what that looks like, you know? And I think you kind of answered it before yeah. about about looking for what's fun for you mm-hmm. and being able to answer that question. Yeah.
1: And I think one thing like and you haven't even since you've actually been working so much younger than me, but um when I was working, there when I first started working, there were literal physical boundaries about around what is work and what is not work. Uh-huh. So I would like go t- I was a school teacher so I would get up in the morning I would go to school, I would teach, and then I would leave, and then I went home, and I might take some papers to grade if I had a test, or more than likely, I would stay late and grade the papers at school and leave them there. Um, there was not a cell phone. I didn't make. I couldn't make calls during the day unless it was my break. Uh, nobody could interrupt Very my... Very hard
0: h- lines between... Okay, yeah, there yes. there was like physical wow. lines yeah. existed.
1: I had an answering machine that was super high-tech at my house, but those people couldn't get in touch with me at work. True. There was no email. Yeah. Like, there... There was after a while, but, like, really and truly it wasn't, like, when I first started working in 1994, their email wasn't a part of our lives. Yeah, You know, so I would literally go to work. Nobody could get in touch with me <laughs> unless it was an emergency. They would yeah. leave them, And then I would go home and see who wanted to talk to me during the day. And then I would maybe call some of them back, maybe not. Maybe go, oh, you know, I'll get with them this weekend or see them. Tomorrow. Like, it was the world had natural divisions. Yes. And so you didn't have to work so hard to balance life and work, because it was balanced for you naturally. That's so true. Now, because of technology, we can work anywhere, and we do work anywhere, and we have to be the ones that say, this is going to be work, this is not going to be work. Yeah. And that can, I mean, I'm struggling with that right now, because Apple, if you are listening, and I know you're not, (laughs) but if anybody's listening who knows Apple, I beg you in the name of the Lord to put an auto-reply text function on your phone, because I, like, Part of what makes that a hard boundary for me to keep, like putting my phone down or not answering it on vacation, is because I've got a phone. I want my kids to be able to reach me. But, like, it never fails that when I go on vacation, if I have my phone with me, somebody who I've not talked to in five years is going to text me. (laughs) And they're going to say something, like, really devastating, like, I'm getting a divorce or I've just gotten diagnosed with cancer. And you're like, I don't want to be a total behind and not respond to this person. At the same time, I've literally had to claw tooth and nail to get on vacation. And I would love to not have gotten this while I'm on vacation. And that sounds like even saying it, I'm like, I know that's going to sound selfish to people, but if it was my mom, okay. (laughs) But if it's someone I haven't spoken to in five years, it could wait till next week. Right. Because they're not, you see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So those boundaries are not there. So I would love it, Apple, if you're listening. Like if I had a text reply that would be like, hey, I'm on vacation right now. I'm not checking my messages. I'll get back to you when I get back. Yep. That would like solve so much. And please, someone, I beg you, (laughs) tell, like get the word out. But um, I think I'm looking at things right now, like ways to, like, do I did one number that, you know, am I looking, I'm looking at ways to manage that intrusion that frees me up to say, I'm going to, like, frees me up to engage that when I'm ready. Yep. But still allows my family to get in touch with me. Yep. It's tough. We have to be very conscious and we actually have to be the ones that set boundaries. And again, if we don't have that self-esteem, if we don't have that solid self, assault on our boundaries will just break them down. Yeah. So that has to be born out of a place where you have strong self actualization, strong self regard. I'm still a worthy person if I don't respond to every text right when it is sent. Yep. The highest level of performance would be like always responding to it. Like you just can't do that. It's overwhelming. Yep. Just because it's a good time for you to text me doesn't mean that it's a good time for me to talk to you. Yep. You don't know what's going on in my life, and I think most people. Probably in your generation they get that, but in my generation there's always that you always write a handwritten thank you note within one. Like there's th- these yeah, there's etiquette, yeah. which is I think technology has shifted etiquette. Definitely. So I think.
0: Okay. So, all right. Last, last question, Mm -hmm. just a short one. How, how can someone listening right now, they're saying, man, after all of this, I realize maybe I don't have a lot of self actualization. Mm -hmm. I want to grow in that. What would be just a simple next step for someone who uh, wants to put some of this into practice?
1: Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, I mean, I think the first thing you could really do is you can go to my website, CarrieWeems.com, and the self actualization worksheet will be up there. And it's a series of, um, you know, just there's a self-assessment on there that you can ask yourself some questions, and then uh, you can just kind of get a a baseline feel for where you are. And then there's some assignments that you can do that will help you. If you do these assignments, they're not just journaling and busy work. Like if you really do these assignments, they will actually help you grow in this area. And if you're looking at this and you're like, oh, it seems like I really have all this kind of stuff in order, I would, I would say, dig a little deeper and look at that self-regard piece that we talked about earlier and see, you know, do I have self-regard if I don't, how can I build it? And I have a, like I said, I have a podcast about that as an earlier uh, episode in this series. And I also have a worksheet on that. And I think, that might be a good place to start and yep. do those two concurrently. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, that's all I have for today. Like we have already been saying, man, check out some of the EQI uh, series of podcasts that Carrie has done previously. Also, we've recently uh, done a few together on writing books. We talked about the process of writing books in some uh, podcasts that have uh, posted up recently, as well as talking about the anatomy of an apology. That was a really yes, fun one. That was fun. And so uh, make sure you check that out. But uh, anyways, thanks for being with us.
1: Yep. Thank you for joining us, Clay. Thank you for being with me and we'll see you next time.
0: Hey, thanks again for joining us here at the Carrie Weems podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to share it with your friends and followers on social media. And don't forget, one of the best ways you can help us get the word out is to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It's a simple and easy way that you can help us spread the word about the great teaching that Carrie has been sharing. Plus, if you would like Carrie to answer one of your questions in an upcoming episode, we would love to hear them. All you have to do is email them to us at info at Don't forget to follow on social media to stay up to date on all the latest resources that are releasing on Instagram and Twitter, at Carrie Weems, or you can find Carrie on Facebook as well. And of course, for a full list of all the available books and resources, just visit CarrieWeems.com. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.